You are listening to Let's Get Wicked Deep, a dating podcast with Kelly and Callie. And we're here to cut through the BS of dating and all the chaos that can come with it these days. Where we will have deep and meaningful conversations with laughter and fun. It is time to get wicked deep. Welcome to another episode of Let's Get Wicked Deep, a dating podcast with Kelly and Callie. Hey, Callie. Hello, hello. How are you? I am doing very well, given the circumstances of me being a human. Right. (laughs) I'm surviving, right? Like, I'm just, I'm making it through. I made it to the top of the water, so I'm breathing. So um, I'm excited about today's today's podcast. So last week we talked about epically bad dates and how they can go from like bad to horrible, that sort of thing. And we all know like what a bad date can do and, and that sort of thing. But this week we're talking about something that's a little bit more exciting. We're talking about how to date better. Right. Yeah. So I hear through the grapevine, I saw on TMZ, (laughs) <laughs> that you have a program coming out, the Date Better program. Yes, I do. So do you think that if I had the Date Better program, I would have had better dates? Oh, I I think so. You know, mm-hmm. I think that I, because I think the program really focuses on honing in your skills to be able to pick up on the subtleties, pick up on the red flags and really just make it through dating better. Like there's a reason it's called, it's not called date perfect because you know, that's not a thing, but I think that we can learn to date better. And the way that I approach dating is really through flipping dating on its head. Um, from what we're, I think so many people traditionally do. So yeah, I think that I just have a, a maybe a different approach to dating. So it's interesting. <clears throat> so I've heard you say this a couple of times, um, flip dating on its head. Now, can you explain what that means? Yeah. So what I think a lot of people do, and, and this is just through my experience as a coach and talking to a lot of single people, um, is that I think that we tend to look at dating and and say, okay, I know what I'm looking for in a partner. And everybody has this checklist of, you know, my partner needs to be this and he needs to be that. And he needs to make this much money and he needs to have this and be that. And, you know, he needs to be six feet tall and he needs to be handsome and charming. And we've got this checklist of what we think that we need in a partner to be happy. Mm-hmm. And what I actually call that is checklist dating. Okay. And I, the reason that I think that checklist dating fails us is because we are so hyper-focused on the other person. We, uh, so much of our effort and energy is going into the other person and trying to figure out if that person has the things that we think that we need to be happy. And so often the things that we're actually looking for in a relationship are not what's actually best for us in a relationship. So when I am talking about flipping dating on its head, my approach 
is what I call self-centered dating. Mm -hmm. And so instead of hyper-focusing on a partner and what we think that we want in a partner, what I do is the reverse. And I want people to start to learn how to focus on themselves. So that's what I mean by self-centered dating. We are focusing on ourselves rather than a partner. So when you say like focusing on yourself, help me understand it a little bit. Does that mean you're focusing on yourself to make yourself like better or more desirable to a partner? Or do you mean focus on yourself, meaning put yourself like first when it comes to dating? Like which sort of self first do you mean? A little bit of both. So Mm -hmm. what I am talking about there is, yes, in order to, it's the premise that in order to be in a healthy relationship, you've got to be a healthy person. The idea that you are going to be an unhealthy person in a healthy relationship doesn't really add up. So, you know, we need to learn how to become healthy. Mm-hmm. And so part of becoming healthy is putting yourself first in certain situations, in certain scenarios. Now, I'm not saying you should always put yourself first in a relationship because that isn't necessarily healthy relationship behavior, but we need to be able to formulate that, that boundary and those lines of where do I need to be concerned about myself, more concerned about myself than the other person or more concerned about myself than the relationship. So like, what would an example of each be? So, okay. One of the things that I walk my clients through when we're doing the date better program, because I've run this program before, um, actually as a live program, this is the first time that it's going to be released as an, a fully online digital course though. So in the date better program, what we are actually, what we start by doing is starting to learn our own unhealthy triggers, our own unhealthy subconscious messages, because so much of our behavior comes from our subconscious. Mm -hmm. We feel triggered in a certain way. And so like, let's say, for example, I am dating a guy and we're, you know, we're on a date and, and we're having a great conversation and whatnot. And then this fine ass woman in a skin tight outfit walks by the table and catches his eye and his eye follows her across the room and we're still mid conversation. Right. So I'm like, Hey, what the fuck? Like, if you want to, you know, if you want her, go get her, you Mm -hmm. know, if that's where your attention is, right. By all means go ahead. And I call him out. Right. So in a scenario like that, what's actually happening is that he has done something that is triggering me and probably my own insecurities and things like that. And so my behavior then is adjusted accordingly because this person has now done something that's triggered me. And so, you know, maybe I call him out. Maybe I'm completely reactive on that trigger. And then other times, maybe I'm just like, oh, he looked at another woman, not going on a second date with him. Mm -hmm. and without having a conversation with that person, 
you know, maybe he could be a very good guy. And he's like, oh, you didn't see she, she had toilet paper stuck on the ass of her dress. Like, you know, maybe there was actually a legitimate reason that he was like looking at her. And Mm -hmm. I was just thinking, like, I'm telling myself a story in my head and reacting based on my own triggers. And so I'm making a judgment call just based on that. And I just, I, so what I'm teaching people is knowing your own triggers and being able to identify when your triggers and your own unhealthy messages are leading to unhealthy relationship behavior. So I have a question about that. So in my own, say, personal experience, when I was in a toxic, abusive relationship, I was, took a certain amount of time off from dating and everything else because I had to heal. It wasn't until I got into my current relationship where I realized that they, I did have a lot of triggers that I didn't know about because while I was healing and recovering, I was recovering from things that I could like see and feel and touch versus stuff I didn't know about because I was single. I didn't know how I would react to say him looking at another girl or him, you know, doing something like that. So how is this program better used before you start dating again, while you start dating again? And how do we know what our triggers are if we don't know what our triggers are until they confront us? Yeah. So, so I think that, I think that both could apply. I've had people do the program that are like in that space where they're like, you know, just out of a relationship, I'm not ready to date again, but I'm going to do the program because I want to be ready when I am ready, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I've had people go through like that and it's been an incredibly successful experience. I also have had people do the program when they are just getting into a relationship or single and kind of find a relationship mid-program. Mm-hmm. I've kind of experienced uh, things on, on, on both ends, mm-hmm. but, you know, I think that the way that it, the program is structured you know, when I'm teaching people to date better, you know, identifying your, your own unhealthy habits and stuff like that, that's really just, that's literally like lesson one of 13. And so it is walking people through a process. And so one of the steps in my process is actually addressing things from your past. So you're actually getting the chance to go back and think about past relationships and how, some of these unhealthy things that happen played out and then dissect them in a way that prepares you for if something happens then in the future, when you're out on a date with a new person, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, <clears throat> a scary thing when you're walking into like a new relationship, because something that someone may do will trigger you. And then there may be something else with like somebody else. So it's, it's a hard thing to like, try to get into a relationship with someone knowing or not knowing like what's going to happen. So during, um, during your program, do you, are you able to talk to people about like when they are triggered and how to like work through it, but then also to talk to the other person about the triggers and be like, you know what, this is triggering. And I don't like it when you do this because it makes me feel this way. And then if that's the case, then what do you also help people like deal with the people who don't care that you're being triggered. Yeah. So a couple of the things that we talk about in the date better program are things like, and, and let me just be clear here because the program, I have been fortunate enough to collaborate with so many different people to collaboratively bring this program together 
and really have it be a more holistic experience. Mm -hmm. So one of the lessons in the program is actually about emotional agility. And I bring in an expert who is an emotional wellness coach, and he is helping us understand and play out how this, these emotional triggers are playing out in a relationship. And so my, my system in helping people adjust their emotional agility and increase their emotional agility is my acronym is called snow. Of course it's Alaska themed. So (laughs) love that snow. Um, I will tell you right now, I'm going to kind of give, give everyone a freebie. Snow stands for sense when you're out of balance, name the emotion, observe the message that is triggered and wield compassion for yourself. So in every scenario where I find myself triggered, that is the four-step process that I use. It's understanding, okay, I'm out of balance. I'm angry right now because this message is being triggered. This subconscious message I have, and a lot of it, like I said, it comes down to our subconscious beliefs because we tend to believe the worst in ourselves. So observing the message behind the, the emotion and then wielding the compassion for yourself. And one of the ways that we do that again, because that can actually be the hardest step. You, a lot of the time you can, okay, I know I'm being triggered and I know that this is coming from, you know, this message where I'm not good enough. The hardest part of this can be the wielding compassion for ourselves. Yeah. And, and so I always tell people, Wield compassion for yourself as if your best friend was telling you that they felt that way about themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, if your best friend came to you and was like, fuck, I'm not good enough. What would you say to them? You'd be like, why that's not you, true. <laughs> why are you trying to make me cry today? <laughs> What's wrong but, with you? I know, I know I'm a horrible human being, <laughs> <laughs> but, but truly we tend to be more compassionate toward others than we are to ourselves a lot of the time. And so by actually offering ourselves the same amount of compassion for those triggers and for those messages, because those messages are most likely there, not because of us, but because we were hurt in some way by our parents, by our exes, we owe ourselves that compassion. And so when you are able to actually get through the four steps and you get out the other side and give that message compassion, you're going to be able to be so much more balanced that you can actually then make an informed decision on like, okay, what's a healthy way to handle this? You know, how can I address this? It seems like it's something that has to be done with uh, giving yourself grace and like over time, because Mm -hmm. I know from my own perspective, like when I'm, when I'm triggered, it's, you know, I'm pretty good at figuring out like where it's coming from. Um, very rarely do I ever give myself any compassion, but it's, it's, you know, in the moment when I'm being triggered, it's, it's tough because I want to hang up the phone call or I want to leave the room because I'm just like, how do you even deal with some of these triggers that are so, so bad. And I think I have a certain situation for myself where I get triggered more often than I should. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, maybe if this triggering is happening so much, like, something more drastic needs to happen. So how often do you feel like 
in a relationship triggering happens or what do you think like a healthy sort of like or like what do you think that should look like the dynamic of being triggered in a relationship what that should look like from like both ends well let's be honest we are always going to be triggered in relationships because no matter who our partner is they're not us they weren't raised the way we were raised they're not going to have the exact same values. They're not going to have the exact same boundaries. They're not going to have the exact same, you know, things that we have. And so they operate differently than we do. And if you are in a heterosexual relationship, then men tend to operate quite differently than women do mm. just as a general overall. Yeah. So no matter what you I think that it feels unavoidable in a relationship to not be triggered by your partner. You know, mm -hmm. you're always going to be triggered by your partner in a relationship in some way. It's really what you do with those triggers that dictates whether or not the relationship is healthy. Like healing the triggers or having the other, the partner help with that. Right. Because let's, let's be honest, our triggers are our own. Mm-hmm. Our partner doesn't need to own our triggers unless they're the one that, you know, created the trigger, Right, right. <laughs> you know, and if that's, you know, if that's the case, if that's the issue, then, you know, that's, that's a completely different conversation, but, you know, for the most part, our triggers and our subconscious messages actually stem from our childhood. Mm -hmm. They, they stem from our formative years where we believed something about ourselves that is now being triggered by another person and in a relationship and in adulthood through others' actions. So, you know, we talk in a very targeted way about identifying our triggers, knowing how they show up, knowing where they come from, and really trying to heal that message and heal. And this is a practice. I'm like, I would never, ever say like, oh, once you know your triggers, like, you know, you're done, you're healthy. This is creating a practice so that you know and have a system to deal with your triggers so that you, every time it happens, because again, it's going to continue to happen throughout our lives. People are going to piss us off. That's just what's going to happen. Yeah. But when it happens, you know, a healthy way to deal with it and you have those coping strategies. So, you know, part of it is about that. And so you've got kind of the healthy self-esteem and like the healthy aspect of it. Um, so my date writer program is actually broken down into four modules. And the first module is about the healthy self-esteem. That's kind of where we start. The mm. next module is about identifying the pieces of yourself within the context of a relationship. So it's what I call the self-identification process. So we walk through again, a very targeted process on you learning the pieces of you in a relationship, like what your values are, what your boundaries are, you know, what you like sexually, things like that. And again, that's a full, gosh, I think five, six weeks right there. It's the, a lot, um, the majority of the, the program, it's focused around you. Um, the third module is the communication module. And that's kind of to touch back on what you were asking about earlier. It's cultivating those relationship communication skills so that mm -hmm. you can actually address the triggers. Like you're addressing the triggers internally first, and then you have to address the triggers externally. And so it's cultivating the skills to do that. 
And then the last module is um, establishing a plan of action. And so that's where we actually get into the logistics of dating and being on the apps and being, you know, looking for a partner and things like that. So that's kind of the four, the four modules to the program. Well, it definitely sounds interesting. It sounds like it could be super beneficial for a person that like was in a relationship or whatever, they go through a breakup and then they're thinking about being ready to date again, sort of like a, um, like a reset. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and and like I said, you know, I will say that uh, the people that have done the program that weren't in a relationship and just were kind of like, oh, I'm just thinking about eventually what they were like, oh my gosh, I feel so much more prepared before I even put myself out there to, to you know, face the dating world again, you know? So yeah. I mean, the it, dating world is a scary place to re-enter into. Yeah. You know? It's like, it's, you know, every time you get out of it for a little while and you go back in, it's changed. It's just not the same as it was when you left it. So it seems like there's more and more, like we hear more and more about these like terminologies used for dating and like all these different things that keep coming up. And the one thing that I'm hearing more and more about lately is side pieces and like all these people have like a side piece, this she does, he does, this one does that one. And it seems to be coming like more and more normalized. And I'm just looking at this and I'm just like, wait, why, how is this normal? Like, are we required to have a side piece because we're in a relationship? Like, so it's like, it's like, he doesn't want to take care of my emotions, but he does. So I go to him when I'm sad, but him when I'm happy, like, how does this like work? You know? So it's yeah. like all these different, like, things are kind of coming out and I'm just like, what is the dating world even about anymore? And how scary is it to even, it seems like dating is like a bad neighborhood. You just want to stay out of it because it's like, <laughs> you're just going to set yourself up for hurt. Like, it's like so crazy. It's like, why would I, I have to come in here. Lock the doors and like, and like roll up your window. And <laughs> when you're yeah, driving through the dating neighborhood. Like yeah, like your side piece, your urban dictionary, like go out there and just tackle everybody. Yeah. And like, ah, it's like the purge. Right. It's like dating is like the purge. Like you just, it's just, it's going to suck, but just embrace the suck. So right. it seems like anytime you can get like a leg up on like what it is to dating and how you like getting to know like who you are and all that stuff, almost like let me help you prepare yourself for who you are. So someone else can tell you that you're not good enough and then tear you down. So it's right. like, that's like what friggin' dating seems to be, but it's like, it seems like this is a good program to like get to know who you are. So when you, someone does attempt to maybe like tear you down, you can be like, Oh yeah, no, this isn't what I want this. I'm going to go ahead and walk away from this. And I can, but walk away like backwards. You don't try. Right. Your You're going to moonwalk out of that bitch. Yeah. Cause you don't want to turn your back in that neighborhood because they'll get you. So it's, you know, sliding out of there as cautiously as possible, but it's, but it seems like it's, it's good between that space between no longer and not yet to really get some healing going on and to really figure out who you are. And like in that process, also find out maybe why that relationship didn't really work and then try to adjust things for the next one. If you're brave enough yeah. to try it again. Yeah. Well, you know, and, you know, and that's really what the program was created to address is, you know, it's no secret, uh, you know, we all know I'm married and I haven't been single for, you know, it's been a minute, but mm -hmm. I know, I know that dating is chaos right now. I know that I'm not even in it. And I, and I know that yeah. because 
dating felt chaotic enough. Dating felt chaotic enough before the apps and the, you know, and the side pieces and all the different like terminology, like even back when I was single before all that stuff, it felt like a jungle. And so where we're at now with dating feels like another fucking planet. It's planet Zulu where, where you know, where the guy you were dating. Alien guy, alien guys from, he's from Nomad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He, he's from the dating planet. So, you know, that's just knowing that, just knowing that that's what dating is now. And, and that's so different from dating, you know, the way that, it was when we were growing up and how we were raised. Mm -hmm. Um, there's so much more to navigate now and think about and be aware of. And that's why I created this program in the first place. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm like, so like someone needs to address this because this is a lot. Yeah. There is so much there to think about and consider. And the more clear that we can be on who we are, and the way that we operate in a relationship, I think the more clear that we are going to be able to identify when a partner comes in and can complement that. That's mm -hmm. the difference. Yeah. So when I say flipping dating on its head, I really mean the way that people have traditionally gone about dating with, with the checklist dating mm -hmm. versus the way that I approach dating, again, oddly called self-centered dating, which is really you getting clear on who you are, how you operate. So you're going to be able to know when somebody comes along and is going to fit that or whether or not somebody is just not right for you, you know, bless and release. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, it's tough to kind of figure out whether or not someone's good for us. It sometimes takes like a little bit of time, but I also feel like there are like the signs are there, like as you're moving forward, like on the path, like there are going to be signs. So it's like really paying attention to it. And finding someone that you want to be with, not someone that you hope they're going to be at some point. Right. And, you know, one of the lessons in, in the program itself is identifying red flags. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got to be able to take a look at it. And then, you know, those red flags come marching in like the damn British. Yeah. And sometimes, and sometimes those red flags, it's so funny to me because I see this so much with, um, more so with women, sometimes with men, but more so with women where there will be a red flag and that, that flag isn't even a flag that, that thing is a fucking, like, that's a tarp. That's like a circus tent. And, and it's like right there. And yet they're like, huh, I don't see it. Do you guys see anything? And you're like, <laughs> it's, it's a big red circus tent right in front of you. And, and people are like, oh, well, I, uh, I don't know. Doesn't, it doesn't look that impressive. It, it's fine. Yikes. A circus tent and they have two tickets to the show. Right, right. And then when you're actually in the circus and it's like, doo, 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 and they're all becoming disoriented, they're like, oh, I don't know what's happening. And it's like, well, you know, that's because you're so covered by the red flag that you're being smothered by it. You know, it's it's funny that you made that little that little sound, the do 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 do, because sometimes I'll do that like three or four times a day, and I'm just like, what the fuck is my life? <laughs> like, this is my fucking theme song. Every time I walk into a room, I'm like, do 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 do, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing right now? It's like, oh, mine is too. You know, my my life is absolutely a circus as well, but you know, not from the like the red flag circus, but the like the kids circus where like 
the seals are bouncing balls on their nose and like my husband's juggling in the corner and you know and the dogs are chasing the cats and like it's yeah my life is that circus <laughs> my life is the uh, the clowns are coming in circus <laughs> the fucking clowns are here and they want to date you <laughs> yeah you've got like the dating clown car <laughs> <laughs> yes. And they just keep fucking coming out. It's like, damn, another one, another fucking clown. I might as well just join the damn circus already. Oh my God. You would think I'd be able to juggle by now. I've been dating so many fucking clowns, but you know, it's, I'm not, I can't juggle, but it's, that's like kind of like how it feels, but it's, it's so funny how it's like, you know, the world can just be so, you know, confusing when you're dating especially when you're dating older like younger people are just like whatever this is like dating now like I can't imagine like coming into the dating world as like a younger person being like yeah side pieces are like common like it's okay but my question about a side piece is where do you get one like how like how do you get one like are they like at target on aisle seven yeah like how do you get someone to agree to just bang you behind someone's back and like buy you gifts. And then if you come home with gifts, what do you tell your main? I I got this at Target today. You did? Okay, nice. Like, how how do you even go about that? And do they give gifts? And how much are the gifts? And do they take on vacation? And you know, all the questions, but if they're so good and taking on vacation, buying you gifts, why don't you go with them? Right. Yeah. Yeah. The the whole thing is like the, the whole dating world is like I said it's chaos it, it, it does it feels like a jungle out there and and so you know with the program you're just gonna feel like you're the fucking lion tamer you're like which oh, like yes. I'm prepared for this bit like bring it on bring it on nice I love that I think that's great you can tame all the clowns yeah yeah or exactly revoke their <laughs> license from coming in right like you're gonna be standing like you'll be the ringmaster and you'll be like all right, line up. I'm going to take your, like, I'm going to take your floppy shoes. I'm going to take your clown nose. Like, okay, go ahead and walk through the line. Like, nope. Yep. You're going to be, you're going to be prepared. Check your bullshit at the door, please. It's not yes. welcome here. <laughs> bullshit your lies in your sides. Take your mashed potatoes and your green beans and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and I think that that's, um, you know, that's why I'm so excited that, you know, this is actually becoming not just a live program, but a fully automated course where people can take it. It's, so it's going to be a, a three-month automated course. You'll get weekly emails with access to the weekly videos. And so for three months, it's literally just, you can do it at your own pace. You take it slow. You do it from your home. You can do it from your phone. Like, it is convenient, but it is a targeted way to walk you through dating so that you can just fucking date better. I love that. Where can people find this program of yours? Yeah. So registration is, um, is open and you can go to ready to date and you can get registered and it is just going to be easy peasy, rice and cheesy. Mm, I've never heard that before. I'm gonna have to write that one down. <laughs> gonna have to use that. I'm sorry. Like the the mom the mom card just came out. I'll I'll put her back away in her case. <laughs> <laughs> send her in the river. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell I have young children? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even repeat what you just said if I tried something about cheese and rice. Um, I think I don't know something like that. Something easy peasy rice and peas or something. I don't remember, but. <laughs> 
Yeah. I don't say things like that. I don't know what I, I think Daniel. That's because I, you're not lame <laughs> because you're not lame. And oh, I'm lame. I'm lame as fuck, dude. I'm lame. But oh. I, I say like, damn, Daniel, that's my big thing. My claim to fame. People don't say <laughs> that, but I definitely do. Well, I think that's going to wrap up for today and talking about your program. Do you have anything else that you want to add before we end our first season? Oh my goodness. I cannot believe that we've gotten through an entire season. Um, you know, I just, I'd like to thank the Academy. Uh, no, <laughs> that's hilarious. No, I just, uh, in all sincerity, I would like to really just thank our listeners for continuing to, to show up and listen to us talk about, you know, dating and, uh, continue to listen to our dating advice. We, we somewhat know what we're talking about a little bit. I feel like we have a little bit of experience here as relationship coaches. So, you know, I'm just thankful for our listeners and everyone showing up and supporting us and having fun with us. Yeah. I think it's been fun. We did a solid 10 episodes and we'll be back next season. Uh, first week of June, we'll be back with new content, new information, new stories, new material. I think it will be really great. But for anyone who's listening and joining in, if you have suggestions, comments, anything like that, feel free to leave us a message or send us um, email or however you want to get in touch. But I'm excited about uh, wrapping up this first season of Let's Get Wicked Deep, a dating podcast with Kelly and Callie. We'll see you next season. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss any of these wicked deep dating conversations. If you have any dating questions, leave us a voicemail using the link in the show notes and you can be featured on the show. Until then, be brave. Navigate the dating BS and keep having those bold conversations.